Well, hello everyone. Thanks again so much for joining us here at the PLS 377 podcast. I hope this finds you well wherever you're at and whenever you're listening to this. And this week, um, we're going to be continuing with our discussion of, broadly speaking, notions of development. Um, Last week, we tried to dig into a little bit of the history, particularly um, the era of colonialism and particularly the later period of colonialism and in the process of what we commonly refer to as decolonization and um, the ways that that impacted and in some ways helped to create and was the forerunner of um, what we commonly refer to as development and and the policy of development and economic development and, and so forth um, often used to be referred to as a policy of modernization and so forth. And that the process of decolonization, as it is often called, as we mentioned last week, is much, much more of a visceral, often violent process than is, you know, would be indicated by the kind of um, anodyne sounding phrase um, decolonization. But, but nonetheless, that process that began after World War II set up a set of questions about the status of the former colonized countries um, as they moved towards political independence um, beginning in the late 40s, but really accelerating in the mid-1950s to mid-1960s, as we discussed last week. And in that vein, um, the questions that we kind of ended up with last week are debates about how colonial rule and the period of colonial rule and domination impacted or shaped and continues to shape politics, society, economics, culture, um, and a host of other issues in what we commonly refer to as the global south or developing countries, and that notably the ones that were only recently, um, often 50, 60, almost 70 years ago, um, liberated from colonial domination. And we kind of left with questions around the connection between those two phenomena. And this week, we are going to be looking into the period after World War II, this period where development as a practice, as a theory, as a a set of policies, often centered around a set of global institutions and also major international political and economic actors, particularly in the Cold War, that would have been the United States and the Soviet Union. Uh, It's often very difficult to decouple uh, post-World War II development and politics and economics of development from the broader Cold War context as almost anything during that period um, between roughly 1950 to 1990. Um, that 40-year period, almost everything that occurred in global politics had some interaction with this broader Cold War context. But what we're going to be asking is, in some ways, the question I want to ask you for this week, and, and I'll just keep this short, um, to think about and to comment on um, in the comment sheet for the class in this coming week, is what should we do? We can readily see that there is wide gaps of wealth and and human opportunity between different societies, um, even still within societies, but but, um, particularly so between societies around the world today and um, dramatic differences in life expectancy, health outcomes, um, access to clean water. Uh, access to um, bare necessities, and um, access to educational resources, access to a whole host of things that many of us might take for granted as kind of things that everyone just has, right? Where um, actually we are the exception. Um, We, uh, those of us who have grown up largely in societies with abundance, um, that is the exceptional experience. I would say if you've experienced, you know, a fairly 
um, uh, living in a society with with relatively high levels of abundance and wealth and, and very little um, in terms of extreme poverty and, and so forth, that that would be, again, um, the exceptional experience rather than the normal. Um, and with that being said, w- what can be done or what should be done to mitigate these problems? And that is, even though development is a very complex issue and a very, you know, it runs the gamut from education to social policy to economics to politics, that is the question that has defined development, how to address issues of poverty in the world and what are the best tools and methods for doing that. And we're going to discuss um, a lot of the rival theories and competing approaches. So I don't want to cloud um, your discussion with those existing ideas and just ask you to think about this. I mean, this is obviously something you've encountered and hopefully thought about before. Um, and maybe just put some you know, ideas down on, uh, on the comment sheet. And that could be, I think, a really good basis for our discussion in class next week, right? What, what should be done? How to address that? And I think as has continually come up, I think um, increasingly that also involves questions of environment or environmental issues. Um, perhaps some of the old answers we had may not seem as viable, or maybe they are. And that's another thing to, to think about. But I think that's a new set of interactions that is kind of interacting with almost every issue we come up in in development and questions of development are are no different. So that's really it. Um, What should be done about this? How how should this problem be alleviated? And be creative, be thoughtful. Um, Like I said, there's definitely been no shortage of people who have tried to answer this question, and we're going to go through some of the main ideas that have come out of that process. But I want to hear, and you can draw upon them if you're familiar with them, but also just give your own answers, your own thoughts, your own ideas. And I very much look forward to reading them and jumping into this topic next week. All right. Thanks. Thanks.